This is Claim Your Potential, the empowerment podcast. I'm Sophie Lindbergh, your host and the executive director of Claim Your Potential. Get ready to embark on a transformative journey where we empower women and girls to unlock their full potential in every aspect of life. It's time to claim your potential and step into a life of empowerment. Tune in every Tuesday as we ignite your inner strength, provide actionable insights, and empower you to achieve greatness. So, are you ready to claim your potential? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Claim Your Potential, the empowerment podcast. I'm your host, Sophie, and for this episode, we are joined by Ahira Smith to discuss navigating the depths of grief. For more than 15 years, Ahira worked in higher education, serving in multiple roles as an advisor, director, instructor, and program coordinator in the divisions of academics and athletics. After leaving higher education, Ahira has turned her attention to helping others on their own grief journey towards healing and getting back to living in the present moment. This decision has led her into becoming a certified grief coach and opening her own business called From Grief to Life, as well as being a host for a newly launched podcast called It's Not You, It's Grief on Spotify. Her motto, there will be times where you may feel lonely. However, it doesn't mean you are alone on this journey. Please welcome Ahira Smith. Thank you so much for being with us today, Ahira. Thank you, Sophie. I am so honored to be on your podcast here. I am so honored to have you on. I think that this is such an important topic for us to discuss today. And I'd love to start with hearing a little bit about your journey from you know where you were in that higher education space to why you've pursued a path of becoming a certified grief coach. Yes, ma'am. So because of my interaction with the students, I had a pleasure of building relationships with a lot of them all from all different walks of life, so regardless of social economic backgrounds, ethnicities, genders, um, different viewpoints of life in itself. And it wasn't until, you know, unfortunately the pandemic where a lot of stuff um, had impacted us on a, not only on a physical level, but also on a mental level. And I had a lot of students um, in particular who was dealing with a lot of mental health crisis. It was definitely out of my scope at the time. Some of the stories that I heard from students who weren't necessarily uh, just dealing with COVID or just trying to understand what the pandemic was doing, just their home life as well. Um, and, And the way that the pandemic had set in on a lot of our lives Unfortunately, whatever was suppressed before that was no longer suppressed because people actually weren't able to interact with each other like they normally do, or they had uh, no place to go. And because of that, you know, they kind of had to sit in and actually be in the moment where they, you know, might have forgotten about this transitional period of someone that they loved is no longer there or dealing with a relationship that had broken up prior to that. And now because they're not ripping and running and studying and and practicing or interacting with their friends, they had to deal with the fact that they can no longer call that person or check on them or vice versa. And it wasn't just the students that was also dealing with this. Colleagues of mine was also facing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And obviously there was a big pattern that was happening. And I just 
felt compelled to do something other than just working in academics and not to sit there and say that there wasn't anything important about academics, but life happens. And so when I have a student coming in my office who's in tears or who's dealing with anxiety or, you know, just having panic attacks, the last thing I want to talk to them is about academics and how things going in their classes. I want to know what's going on. What are they currently facing right now? And so I just felt compelled to like, you know, I need to do something <laughs> that is it's bigger than academics. And the, it was also something that had been circulating within me for quite a while based off my own experiences um, in terms of grief and loss. And um, as much as I didn't want to necessarily be in the grief coaching world, because grief is depressing and, and it's sad, the more I dived into it and studied and learned and educate myself on what exactly grief is, it is just part of life itself. We're all going to face it. We're all going to encounter it. It's just how we manage to get through it and get to the next point to where we can get back to the present moment is where I'm currently at right now. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with me. And I think that that is such an empowering thing to hear that, you know, it came from that space of wanting to help students. And I think, you know, everyone always has a different path that leads them to career changes to where they're going in life. And it's, it's always so exciting to hear, to hear what someone's journey was. And for anyone that's listening to this podcast, that isn't too sure about the distinction between a grief coach versus a therapist or counselor when it comes to supporting individuals through the grieving process, how does this approach differ? How does your approach differ? And what's that unique benefit that a grief coach has? So what a counselor and a therapist in a traditional sense, those two um, entities take much more of an in-depth look behind the scenes, the history. How did the person get to where they currently are? So for an example, if uh, somebody had a, a not good relationship with their mom, well, what happened when they were five years old or 10 or 15 will, will be revisited to see what took place to where the relationship that is currently taking place today has led to that. As opposed to a coach, I'm currently focused on what is presently in front of me. So if I know for a fact that, um, unfortunately, your mother had passed away and the fact that you never had a strong relationship with your mom prior to that is on top of the grief that you are experiencing with her no longer being here, I'm focusing on that moment and presently trying to help navigate you to get to the next point. So I focus on what's currently happening in front of you. I don't necessarily go behind the scenes just because of the simple fact is that sometimes it's not even the fact that it would take a while to dissect it, but more along the lines that this is what's currently impacting you on an emotional, physical, mental, social level and emotional, you know, so for me, I refer myself as a coach, just like a lot of people do as far as like athletics is concerned and maybe because of my background being in athletics, as well as being a former athlete myself, coach is right here right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that distinction is very helpful for everyone. And I think that 
there are pieces to that that I didn't know going into this interview where especially focusing on what's that present feeling, what's that present emotion, and how can I navigate you through that? So I think that that's very important to provide some context for listeners there. And I know that you mentioned just a minute ago, the types of emotions and feelings that people have when they're going through grief. And so can you share a little bit about maybe some strategies that you've used that individuals can employ to really address and to cope and to to heal through their grief and foster that healing and resilience? I think one thing that needs to be understood is that there is no blueprint to grief. There's just, there isn't one. The way I grieve will be something different the way you grieve um, based on the circumstances behind it. So for an example, you can be one of three children in the same family. You guys were raised the same way, um, had a mom and dad in the household. You may be the only girl and you may have two older siblings and all of you are different ages, of course. And unfortunately, your father had passed away. Well, the way you're grieving about your father passing away is going to be different from that of the elder sibling. It may be the fact that you might have had a stronger relationship with your father versus the other one may have had a strained relationship, you know, or it may be the fact that yourself, you are much more of um, a physical person where you express yourself through hugs and through consoling each other and holding hands where the other person may want to isolate themselves and maybe want to just process what has taken place. And so I think it's important to understand that no no two people grieve the same way. <laughs> um, it is definitely a journey in itself. I think it's mo- being more aware of the fact that you are in a state of grief. And more importantly, I think the first thing to really do is give yourself permission to grieve. We grew up in a society in the world today where we don't have enough time to truly grieve. It's not just a three-day process that is given to you from your job where you have three days of bereavement to take care of the your father's or your mother's or whoever's affairs. You know, it 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 doesn't work like that. Cause after the after the person has been laid to rest, guess what? You still have to take care of the paperwork. You still have to go to the probate court. You still have to figure out what to do with their belongings, you know, what is what is their will, if there is a will, you know. So I think the two big things is one to understand that grief is no blueprint to it. Everybody grieves differently. And most importantly, to know and recognize that you have to give yourself the opportunity and permission to grieve in order to do what is asked of you when you lose a loved one of that magnitude. And and it's not just that of death. People need to understand that grief is more than just somebody who passed away. It's also something of a relationship ending. You could have been married for 15, 20 years, and then a divorce was was brought into the mix. Now you're separated. You're grieving the loss of that marriage. You're grieving about the what ifs. You're grieving the secondary losses associated to that. Also grief um, regarding your own well-being, you know, you might have been at optimal health prior to the pandemic or COVID, but you might have encountered that, unfortunately, and now you can't run a marathon like you used to, or you're having difficulty breathing or getting up. So that in itself is a grief and loss. And there's just so many different facets of grief that people just don't really understand. 
And that's why it's important to really recognize that it is just part of the journey because everything that I mentioned to where people's health are going to change, people's relationships are going to change, people, loved ones are not going to be in their life um, for one reason or another. That's all part of the life's journey. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful there that you mentioned that grief is not just what we interpret it as. It's not just someone passing away. It's mourning those relationships. Um, And I think that's so important for us to recognize and to understand that it's okay to go through that grieving process, even though that person is still there, they're still alive, they're still well. But it's still, as you said, that loss of a relationship, someone that you might have known your whole life or most of your life and you've spent almost every day with them. And all of a sudden they're gone in some capacity. They're out of your life. And it's still that that grieving process and everyone still has that need to, to process those emotions. And I think that's so powerful that you said that because I think a lot of the time we don't understand that we need to grieve from that. We think, oh, you know, that person, maybe we broke up, maybe we got divorced, maybe they're no longer you know, a close friend of mine anymore. You know what? It's hard, but I'm going to get over it. But in reality, your body is, is in your mind is processing that as a loss. Oh my gosh, I lost this person. So you're going to go through those, those stages of grief there. And I think that's, that's so powerful to, for our listeners to understand. I just want to make this point really quick before we continue on. So the, the statement getting over it, I feel that's such a disservice because there's no such thing as getting over it. You know, I know for me, when I lost my dad, there was no getting over it. There was no getting around it. There was no getting underneath it. I literally and still currently am going through it. We have to be able to understand that we have to go through it in order for us to get towards the healing and get back to living in the present moment. I can tell you. When the pandemic hit, I saw so many people face things that they had suppressed for decades. And it was so, it was such an awakening because of the simple fact is that they never had a time to deal with what was happening to them at that moment because they had to get to back to work. They had to uh, fix the relationship. They had, they had to move on because that's what was told. That was what we were educated on doing. You got to keep going. You got to move on. But as I said before, not everybody grieves the same way. There is no blueprint to this. And so it's important to understand that words are very powerful. So when people are grieving, and it might have been five years, it might have been five months, it might have been five hours, you can't necessarily, you, you saying you get over it, that is just such a cruel rules thing to say because you don't know what that person is internalizing and processing. So I think it's important that we really try to re-educate ourselves and how we how we speak to each other when we know grief is in the midst. Yeah. And thank you for for adding that in there because that statement of, oh, you know, you'll get over it eventually, you know, it is what it is. You know, you can't change that. I think that's so detrimental and truly disrespectful of people's experiences because as you said, you don't know how they grieve. You don't know what that relationship dynamic was. You don't know how they're processing their emotion and how they're really feeling about it. So I think that that's wonderful context to provide to everyone there. And I think that's something that absolutely needs to change about the way that we talk about grief is, right? We have that 
those stages of grief. And then everyone thinks, oh, once you get to acceptance, that's it. It's over. It's done. No more grief. <laughs> Not it. Not at all. I I can tell you right now, if you looked at the so-called five stages of grief, the one that consists of denial, anger, bargain, sad, depression, if you were to look at that and you have it on a piece of paper and you see these are the five stages of grief and you're going to get this one, you're going to get this one, this one, this one, this one, and then that's it. No, ma'am. If you put a piece of paper, this is the best way I can describe it. If you took a piece of paper and put it in front of a two-year-old, And just tell the two-year-old to just connect each statement to the best of your ability. I promise you, by the time you pick it up from a two-year-old, you're going to see scribbling all over it. You're going to be seeing zigzag lines up and down, crisscrosses and all that. That is grief. (laughs) That is the grief because it comes in waves. It comes in waves. You may be feeling great. You may be in a good state of mind. And then you can hear a song. You can smell a certain scent. You can hear a certain uh, phrase, and then all of a sudden you might be back in the anger. You might be back in, in denial. It just depends. But, you know, the five stages of grief, you know, it, <laughs> it's a nice checklist. But I promise you that checklist isn't one of those where you put on the grocery, on the refrigerator in the grocery. I'm like, I have everything here, and then we're all done. No, that list stays there on a consistent basis because you just don't know where it's going to come. It may not be as present as it was before, but it's still very much there because guess what? Life is still going on. Something else is going to resonate with you where you're going to get angry, where you're going to feel depressed. You're going to start bargaining. You're going to be in denial. So those stages never go away just because of the circumstances. They're still there. You just have to understand that it will be a wave. It will be like a roller coaster ride and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And for those listening to this episode right now who may be dealing with grief themselves or supporting someone else through the process, what empowering message or advice would you offer to help them find strength and hope amidst the depths of grief? I'm a firm believer of faith. And now some people, um, you know, regardless of your faith background, um, you know, definitely Go into your faith, not necessarily uh, your religion per se, but your faith. So if you believe in God and and you refer to him as Jehovah or Yahweh or a higher being or the source, you know, just understand that it is essential to turn to your faith and know that there is something of a lesson that has to be learned from the whole experience. I mean, we're all learning lessons every single day. From the time that we get up to the time that we're laying down, we're all learning lessons. I also believe that it's important to be cognitive of the fact that the grief that a person is experiencing is their grief. You don't necessarily want to put yourself into their grief because, again, everybody grieves differently. Just being present is as a, a, a support. And to make sure you continue to check on folks. A lot of times when you hear the news that somebody has passed away or a relationship ended or somebody's in the hospital, the onset of pouring of of support is there. Well, what about two weeks from now? Or what about three months from now? Or what about when those holidays come up like wedding anniversaries or birthdays or Father's Day or the holidays itself? Are you still present in that person's life when things may not necessarily feel good to them? So I think it's just important to 
you know, definitely rely on your faith. If there's a strong support system near you or around you that help you um, lift your spirits up, definitely continue to rely on that. Music is always good. Reading activities that make you happy. It's okay to do things that make you smile when you're not necessarily feeling all that well, you know, because of the simple fact, again, life does go on. And even when you think of your loved ones who have passed away, sometimes you have to ask, what would they want for you? Misery loves company. I do believe that. So no, no sense of giving, giving it your company all the time. You know, sometimes there are people who want to see you smile or, or just give you just a glimmer of hope to know that, yes, today is really hard, but guess what? There's a new day and you have new, you have new choices and you have new opportunities to make it better for you. Oh my goodness. Yes. I felt like for a moment I was either on the verge of tears or going to smile my ear off. Wasn't sure which emotion I should feel there. Kind of felt like I was feeling everything because what you said just felt so, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, Almost like a sense of relief, the way that you just talked about grief. And that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. That's definitely, listen, again, how you feel, how it resonates with you is how it's supposed to be. And that's okay. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I, I'm just in absolute awe of, of everything that you just said there. And, you know, I, I think that thinking back to, or just thinking back on my own experiences and yeah, those, when people, you know, send you the flowers or when people give you that phone call of, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And, you know, you have those experiences and it feels good in the moment of, of someone saying, oh, you know, okay, someone, you know, is thinking about me and what I'm going through. But then to your point there, well, what about two weeks from now? Those phone calls usually stop. The flowers stop. The, the check-ins on how you're doing stop because we have in our mind this idea that grief can only last so long. How can someone possibly grieve for so long? Isn't that such a bad feeling for them to be feeling why would they want to why would they want to feel that way for for longer than they need to and and i think that everything that you've said about how grief is at your own pace it's your own process it's how you deal with it it's not going to be a one size fits all it's that constant changing line and spiral and circles and the the line on the the paper analogy there um and absolutely i i think that that's such a great and not common way we think about grief. And so I'm hoping that our listeners are are taking that and really resonating with that and understanding that if there's someone in their life that's been through the grieving process, check in on them. They could still be going through the grieving process and that's okay. And you might be going through the grieving process as well, anyone listening to this podcast episode. And I think that something that I'm taking away from this and something that I hope that they are taking away from this is that don't listen to the books that say it's, you know, those five stages, you're one and done. You know, listen to yourself, listen to how you're feeling, listen to your experiences and truly understand where you are with your experiences, where you are with your emotions and to to really believe that it can get better, right? You can feel as whole as you hopefully can, but you can feel that that wholeness and happiness again, it, but it's going through that process that's going to get you there rather than shutting the emotion off. And asking for help. Mm. Ask, ask for help. You know, 
don't, it doesn't matter if whether you see me as a grief coach or somebody else who's a grief coach or a counselor or a therapist or a, a pastor or a mentor or a spiritual advisor or your best friend or your college professor from 25 years ago. If you need the help, it is present. It is there. All you have to do is just say, hey, I need some help. It's okay. We are in this together. It, I'm telling you, there have been many a times where I have felt alone, but I have had people praying for me who have supported me, who have called me, who've checked on me because they just know what I'm going through. I can't tell you how many people checked on me when Father's Day came around and they're like, they know my relationship with my father was that tight. So for people to call and check on me like that, I appreciate it so much because I, even though I was doing what I could not to be part of social media or be on there, um, you know, and seeing other people posting pictures of their current relate, you know, happenings with their dads, it was hard for me. But I still have people saying, I'm thinking about you. That goes along so much, so much. So just re- just know that you're not in this by yourself. There are there are people who are willing to help you and, you know, help you do the work to get through it. It's, it's important to understand that and you've got to give yourself permission to grieve and be allowed to get help. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. The message that I got from that was be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And I think that's such a powerful takeaway from so much of what we had talked about today is being kind to yourself and your emotion and letting yourself go through the process, but also being kind to others in the sense of check in on someone. If you see someone struggling with grief, or even if you don't see them struggling with grief, but you know that they've been through it or they're going through it, to check in, see how they're doing, make that connection, support them in the way that you can. And throughout this episode, you shared such a wealth of knowledge and inspiration with our audience today. And for our listeners that would love to connect with you and learn more about your work or reach out for further guidance and support, how can they do that? Yes, please visit my website. It's called From Grief to Life, um, from grief, the number two, life.com. That will give you an idea of my approach as far as being a grief coach is concerned. I definitely offer one-on-one sessions. I also offer group conversations and uh, speaking engagements. I do those as well. And I would love to just be another support for you on your grief journey. And on top of the fact that people are, you know, overwhelmed with the notion of grief or just trying to find a moment uh, to acknowledge the grief is present, just as um, as it was stated earlier by Sophie, you know, just be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace to recognize the the, the significance of that loss. You know, it's it's not a quick fix. It is a process. But again, you don't have to do it by yourself. Definitely not alone. And with me, I am the type of person who really wants to make sure that. The conversations that we have with one another is organic and authentic, supportive, intentional, and safe. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that you, whether it's with me or somebody else, I want to make sure that you understand that you do matter, 
and that not only are you seen, but you're also heard. And I think that's very, very important. Yes, that's such a wonderful closeout there. And I couldn't ask for a better message to all of our listeners. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. It is. It has been a pleasure myself of just being able to get the message out there on the grief and how we we in the society and in the world we live in today um, acknowledge that it is just part of the journey, and that uh, we can we can work through it together, one breath at a time. So I really do appreciate you letting me uh, share this message here. And again, for anybody who's listening, you can reach me from grieftolife.com, from grief to the number two life.com. And um, let me see how I can help you get to the back to the living in the present moment. Thank you so much, Ahira. It's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise. Thank you. That brings us to the end of another empowering episode on Claim Your Potential, the empowerment podcast. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed our show and want to learn more about the work we do, you can visit our website, claimyourpotential.org. There, you can access our tools and workbooks, sign up for workshops, join our mentorship program, listen to previous and future episodes, donate to support our cause, and find out how you can get involved. For even more inspiring content, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Claim Potential, where we share inspiration, educational resources, episode and program announcements, and other content designed to help you reach your full potential. Your support means the world to us, and a free way to support our show is by leaving a rating and review on the podcast streaming platform of your choice. Your feedback helps us grow and reach even more people with our empowering message. If you're unsure of how to do this, head over to our website's leave a review page for step-by-step instructions. Thank you to each and every one of you for being a part of this empowering community. Tune in next time as we continue our journey of learning and discover even more ways to claim your potential. Until then, remember that you have the power to create the life you desire. Keep striving and keep growing.